Warning, you are about to enter a world populated by the most appalling music ever made. Welcome to the search for the worst album of all time. This is Broken Records. But I hadn't been forgotten, I Joe. I'd been married a long time ago. Saint Bango. <laughs> a girl with kaleidoscope eyes. <laughs> You're beautiful. Hey, hey, I wanna be a rock star. Hello, welcome to episode number 42 of Broken Records, the spin-off podcast from the Riot Act Network, where we search for the worst album ever made in the history of music. My name is Stephen Hill. I'm joined as ever by Renfrey Deadman. Hello, Renfrey. How are you? Hello, Steve. I'm really good. I really wanted to you to say it was the search for life, the universe and everything because it's episode 42. But that would have been too nerdy for your brand, wouldn't it? I don't even know what you're talking about. To be oh, perfect. mate, I, that? I, I tell sixes, you, Steve, it's seven sixes. I was about to say, I bet our guest, and yes, this is the first time we've had a guest on Broken Records, is it not? I believe something like that. It I is. So. Yeah, it is. First, I, I, I thought our guest would definitely know that. And as you could hear there, that was the voice of uh, extreme metal um, doyen. <laughs> Have I pronounced that correctly? No, I haven't. It's Tom Dare. Hello. Hello. Uh, <laughs> this is why I introduced <laughs> the guest, by the way. <laughs> That is fair, yeah. I just, t- uh, I totally just took that over from you. I've never done that you before. Did. You did. I was like, what the fuck's going on? This is a coup. Yeah. This is a, Do this what is, I like. This is a military coup. Yeah. Uh, and Tom, Tom, Tom of- will be presenting Riot Act from next week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm lucky. Tom, we're doing Lana Del Rey next week, so That's enjoy true. that. <laughs> no, I do know who Lana Del Rey is. I'm just joking. It's one of the very yeah. few pop stars I actually know who it is. Yeah, you'd like um, her, Tom. She's really depressing. Uh, probably. Don't think you would. Tom has been on Riot Act before our sister podcast. Um, obviously, from the Hellbent for Metal podcast, we had a big old chat about that. I can't remember what episode you were on, Tom. But oh god, you 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 at home listening? You can look for it yourself. You're not you bloody need me to do everything for you tom was on it before it was very good how's it been going tom since we had that little chat you've got a new co-host haven't you over on um uh i wanted to use the acronym then hbfm yes yeah <laughs> yes we hbfm we have the uh hcgb in the middle of it which is uh, really confusing for everyone <laughs> yes we, i have a uh, new co-host uh, i say new he's been there for like two-thirds of its existence now um, so it's yeah. it's uh yeah it's going very well yeah, it's been a while since yeah. we've been chatting, hasn't it? I'm sorry to hear that social services caught up with you and told you that you can't make a 12-year-old work um, for no money. Because <laughs> I believe that was the reason why Joan Arne needed to leave the podcast. Is that is that not right? Uh, well, sort of. I mean, it was it was basically that um, he decided he hates... No, he doesn't. Me and Joe still get on very well. Uh, but I... Look at you making Tom out to be like the black metal Fagan. <laughs> The worst bit is that uh, Matt is actually younger than Joe. So, <gasps> oh wow, oh god, okay, amazing. Not well, quite much. He'll he'll be being born months, next year. Uh, we should say because we haven't spoken to you for a while. I think um, the growth that Hellbent for Metal has shown since we last talked to you, and the um, press, the national press, in you were in the Guardian, weren't you? Yes, I was. You that know, was weird. Um, it is absolutely amazing man it's been it's been very nice to see us get 
an awful lot of love from an awful lot of people who I wouldn't necessarily have expected it. Like there was a lot of people that I knew would be fine with it, would be not just be fine with it, but be really supportive. But I think that's um, the thing that I wanted to highlight. Yeah. And I think that is fucking awesome, man. Like that's really cool to get into those kind of publications as someone who worked for one of those publications for a long time. <laughs> Never stop going on about it. Um, that is a really fucking cool oh, thing. Did you, so did you work for a newspaper? I, uh, I, yeah, I, I worked for one of the sort of broadly liberal left-leaning ones. I don't want to talk about it. Was it worth interrupting Tom <laughs> to, to, to get that in, Renfrey? What, to be nice about his podcast? I thought so. <laughs> He's going, oh, well, the thing about the press is, and you went, oh, by the way, I work for Independent. <laughs> <laughs> like, what an arsehole, Tom. <laughs> um, but genuinely, the, how's it been? No, it's been months? great. It's, been it's, it's kind of got, it's been busy. Like, I suddenly find myself with a lot to do, which was very interesting, um, having kind of not, not had too much to do with like music media for all the, for a reasonable amount of time and to suddenly have loads of people emailing me say hey do you want to do this yeah do you want to do this yeah and it's been incredibly cool and i've got to either the best bit is i've got to meet some amazing people like genuinely people i've gone you're really impressive and i'm really really glad we've got to talk to you um, give us a couple of names uh talking to willow from body void was really fantastic i mean not just because i think their band is absolutely amazing but also because they had some really interesting perspectives that i hadn't quite considered particularly about performing and about what you know what they can do when they're performing that um kind of makes them feel very free and that was a wonderful thing to talk about um and katie from pupil slicer who mm-hmm. just love that band yeah one fantastic band but also she's really really smart and really yeah. knows what she's talking about and he's a really really good advocate for what she believes and what she stands for and who she is and that's you know really fantastic we've also got mountain caller coming on the show Wicked. very very soon oh, and cool, yeah. Love those they guys. are those two are brilliant i mean with a, there's a, there's a third member of the band but as far as hellbent for metal's concerned <laughs> it, we only care about the lesbians max is fucking lovely <laughs> max is fucking lovely but yeah 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 um claire and i are, are, are wonderful people yeah well anyway um yeah well done with everything that's been going on tom delighted Thank to see you. it hellbent for metal is great i mean that i yeah i wouldn't have minded losing a heavy music award to, to your <laughs> podcast to be honest unfortunately we're gonna have to lose to some absolute piece of shit but um this podcast is not even i that. don't this know what you're talking about steve <laughs> that's all right yeah. I, I keep doing it because it annoys renfrey and i'm just deliberately yeah. trying to start beef with like all the other podcasts for no reason um anyway uh so yeah. look for those of you who don't know what this is, Broken Records, if you just joined in purely because you like Tom's dulcet tones, I can understand that. Okay, um, I understand that. These, we, we have a list of records. It is currently 41 records long of the worst records ever made. We have a hat filled with even more records. We are trying to find the worst album ever. Now, it's worth saying that the, the list we have compiled has come from critical appraisal, fan perspective, the reputation of the album, maybe the context surrounding the album, maybe even the band's feelings of the record itself. This is not me and Renfrey sitting down and drawing up a list of our least favourite albums and going, let's shit on our least favourite albums. But, so I wanted to just point that out. That would be a good idea, though. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's basically what I've been doing for the last nine years, to be fair. So I thought we should... (laughs) But today, we are going to be talking about, hence why Tom is here, because when we (laughs) we launched this, I said, if anyone wants to come on as a guest, and Tom, you put yourself forward, and I did say... 
you know you will be called up you'll be drafted at some point with one of i think there's three or four albums that you've put your name down for and the first one came out of the hat last week it is super collider by megadeth the 14th studio album from the card carrying members of thrash metals big four which was released on the 4th of june 2013 before we go any further and get talking about the album i'm just going to very very quickly run down 20 worst albums we have come up with so far renfrey you feel like you're gonna have something to say about this i was just gonna say just because we do have a guest this week i wonder if it is worth i know it will elongate it but i wonder if it is worth doing all 41 records um oh okay fine yeah just just for one week only for one week only this is what we've got so far starting with the best in descending order we go from self-portrait by bob dylan lulu by lou reed and metallica are you seriously saying lou saying lulu is the second least bad (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I mean, Jesus I'm not. Christ. I'm not. I'm not. I'll tell you what my favourite one is. Renfrey had a paddy and let me put my my favourite one in the best position, but we'll get to that. So, everybody's rocking by Neil Young. Metal Machine Music by Lou Reed, the self-titled album by Liz Fair, The Boy with the X-Ray Eyes by Babylon Zoo, Lauren Hill's MTV 2.0 Unplugged, Standing in the Spotlight by D.D. King, The Transformed Man by William Shatner, the actual best album that we've covered on this show so far, Baby Woman by Naomi Campbell. It's the best album we've actually done so far, Tom, but Renfrey won't have it because he's a snob. Um, <laughs> Tin, <laughs> Tin Machine 2 by Tin Machine. Uh, Cute is what we aim for with Rotation. Melodia by The Vines. Van Halen 3. Black and White Rainbows by Bush. Primitive Cool by Mick Jagger. Results May Vary by Limp Biscuit. Umaguma by Pink Floyd. American Life by Madonna. What The by Black Flag. Streets and Sky by The Enemy. One by Dirty Vegas. Razorlight by Razorlight. Famous First Words by Viva Brother. One More Light by Linkin Park. The Truth Is by Theory of a Dead Man. Slick Dogs and Ponies by Louis XIV. The Cosmos Rocks by Queen and Paul Rogers. Richard Ashcroft's United Nations of Sound. The original soundtrack to the feature film sergeant pepper's lonely hearts club band owen quig eogan quig self-titled album graveyard classics volume two by six feet under blood sweat and towers by the towers of london angelic to the core by Corey feldman the shags with philosophy of the world little zan's total zanarchy bad blood by blood on the dance floor methods of mayhem by methods of mayhem the true symphonic rockestra with concerto in true minor double wide by uncle cracker and still at number one from now probably until the dawn of the end of civilization <laughs> i'm not a fan but the kids like it by broken side tom anything you want to point out or chat about in that particular list that we've just given you yes i mean I, i'm quite shocked that six feet under isn't the worst because that's a really Terrible. appalling record i will admit <laughs> that really I, I haven't listened to the broken side record i seem to re- uh. remember reading about them in kerrang when that that happened and just went well, I'm not going to listen to that, obviously. No, I never have. Right. Well, we, we were the same. Until it came out of the hat, I'd never actually listened to it. I just mm. remember people going, this is the worst thing. I think I heard about five seconds of it back in the day, and I went, nah. Well, if it's, we have, if it's we worse than Six it. Feet Under, it must be genuinely appalling. Well, Six Feet Under is actually in a fairly okay position. I mean, it was number one for a little while, but yeah. it's now dropped all the way down to, I mean, it's only just making the top ten. Blimey, so, Charlie, you know, that's a bad sign. Yeah. We've listened yeah. to a lot of shit music. We've you know, listened to a lot of shit. You doing that chart actually gave me a headache. When you when you started the chart, <laughs> I didn't have a headache, and I now have a headache because of the, the emotion recall that that list. Uh, I'd like to take the worst song of all those albums on 41 different stereos and press play all at the same time. And I think that would sound better than anything on the Broken Side album, apart from the Broken Side bit. 
I genuinely think you'll struggle to find a worse album out of all that lot than the worst song on this record, though. Oh, mate. We've got, this, some, we've got some stinkers to talk about. This, 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 see, this is, this is what's great about this podcast. The naivety of Tom to say that. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, trust no. me. No. Trust me. Uh, I will mate, send you something no after idea. you finish this. You, this is not getting anywhere near any of those albums. This won't, might not, this won't be might top not 20. Over, it might not overall, but there's some, the worst songs on this would be up there with the worst songs of mm. anything, I suspect. I, I, you'd be I, I, very surprised. You'd be very surprised. Trust me, you'd be very surprised. But we'll get into that. Let's do the lowdown first. So, hey, we like Megadeth, don't we? Yes. Us three, we like metal. Yes. We like Megadeth. Broadly, we like Megadeth, right? I'm a huge Megadeth fan. If you were to make me rank, if, like, if I was to able to psychically work out how much time I've spent listening to all the bands I've ever listened to, if Megadeth weren't in the top 20, just by the mm. amount of time I've spent listening to them, I would be sh- absolutely shocked. I've been a huge Megadeth fan, in, not so much latterly. I think mm. the last 10 years have not been kind to mm. my fandom. A- but, as we'll get into, mm. yeah. But prior to that, just a, a massive band for me. I loved them so hard. Mm. How about you, Renfrey? I think the peaks of Megadeth's career are amongst the best moments in the entire heavy metal genre. I think... I, I I just get a sense just from what you said there, Tom, that I'm not as big a Megadeth fan as you, but I do have an enormous amount of respect for them. And when you go to that kind of rust in peace stuff, and I'm going to shout yeah. out Endgame because that's fucking amazing. And Countdown. Oh to no, that's a horrible record. Whoa! It's a really well made record, but it's got some. Te- it's got no songs. It's got loads of loads of shred, and no songs. Oh wow! Well, we'll probably get talking about this very very soon. Okay. But, okay. Um, I mean just to sort of fill in the gaps here as well i also love megadeth rust in peace i think is brick that kind of 86 to about 94 what a fucking run they had at that yeah. point they were yeah. unstoppable then a great 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 band and you know we'll talk about the sort of second half of megadeth's career more than we will the glory period obviously in this podcast because um well risk is in the hat as well so we're going to kind of go for the sort of the reformation of Megadeth. But have either of you two ever interviewed Dave Mustaine before? I've not. Yes, briefly. I spoke. What, what? I interviewed him at the Golden Gods after he won. I think that he just won the Golden God, and I interviewed him directly after. Mm. He was lovely. He was really wow. one of the most polite, respectful people I've ever met, and I'm ge- I'm genuinely shocked that that's that personality has said some of the things he has because. Mm. I mean, I guess that's kind of. I get the the feeling that he may have got an easy ride because that's what he's like to people. That if you are talking to Dave Mustaine, he is very very nice until you're in the kind of Metallica situation. Until <laughs> well, until you're one of the people he's got a problem with, and then forget mm, it. Mm. Yeah. Well, I've interviewed Dave Mustaine twice, and the first time uh, was about Megadeth. Uh, releasing their beer a few years ago oh yeah and i was a bit like oh man dave mustaine it might be a bit and then like you say tom he came on the phone and he was the nicest fucking guy just absolutely lovely beautiful person asked me how i was told me he was going to send me a crate of their beer and that i was going to love it you know talked to me about a bunch of stuff after the interview and i was like oh my god i cannot believe 
people had such a kind of shitty impression of Dave Mustaine as a person because did he send you a crate of beer though he didn't send me a crate of beer but like Uh, you know I'm not going to blame that on him um so when the opportunity came up for me to talk to Dave Mustaine again I was completely at ease with the idea of doing it now again not his fault not anyone's fault I'm sure it was one of those things where the interview was scheduled and I was meant to be it was in after Vinnie Paul had died right and I was meant to be talking to him about Vinnie Paul and his recollections of touring with Pantera in the early 90s um the first day he didn't call and I was told that they were in the Alps or something and they couldn't get signal so it was moved to the next day it got moved to a Saturday morning at 10 a.m on a Saturday morning right so Dave Mustaine calls me at 10 a.m on a Saturday morning sounding quite groggy in Italy the day after a gig and I was like, hey, Dave, we spoke before about the beer, blah, 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 blah. And he was like, I'm really tired. Ugh. And that Dave Mustaine that I spoke to that day was more like the Dave Mustaine that I was expecting to talk to the first time. Ah. And and I'm going to say this, right? Now, I, I he said some stuff to me that I can't say on this podcast. And if <laughs> I was to say, because I've got no proof that he said it. Right, but if I ever, ever any of you meet me in public and you or like in person and you want me to chat to you, I might, I might tell you. But he said some stuff to me that if it came out today, he would be cancelled. Right, he wow. would get in a lot of trouble. Now, I really, I know that's like dangling a fucking carrot and whatever. But honestly, I got off the phone and I got straight onto Merlin at Metal Hammer and I was like, Dave Mustaine just said all of these things to me and Merle was like well we obviously can't use any of that and I was like unless we wanted to absolutely throw him under the bus and I don't think we should do that that's not very nice let's not do that but fuck me and honestly like the stuff he said to me was I'll tell you guys after this but it was unbelievably offensive to offend me as well of all people right I don't really get but I was it was so 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 offensive that it's almost like oh my god i was literally like oh my god so dave mustaine is i think it's fair to say a fairly up and down character you don't quite know what you're gonna get with dave mustaine i think it's fair to say a multifaceted individual yes i hope i hope this doesn't sound facetious because i'm not trying to sound facetious and obviously i am not a doctor and i can't um (laughs) i can't um uh diagnose um dave mustaine from afar but it's interesting when you think of the lyrical connotations of uh, sweating bullets it's kind of like do you suffer from border personality disorder or something like that i mean i have no idea um and i'm sure i'm not the first person to make that observation either but you know just an interesting thing Mm, yeah i mean i don't know but i'm certainly not citing that as a fact to be super clear he is he was he so he can be quite weird i think and i think Mm. everyone knows that you know it it, i think that those two interactions i had with dave mustaine basically sum up megadeth's career for me either amazing or fucking like what the fuck is going what is going on um but anyway megadeth when they're great they are so great and having split up in 2002 due, due to dave mustaine's hand injury and again if you've read dave mustaine's book i'm assuming at least you tom have read have you read dave mustaine's book I have not. I, I don't want to read okay. what oh. he has to say because I'm worried it'll really offend me. 
<laughs> I, I yeah i wouldn't read it tom <laughs> that's what i would say I, it's it's an enjoyable read but there are definitely long passages where you have to kind of grit your teeth mm-hmm. needless to say i had the last laugh there's a lot of them isn't there oh uh, my god there are <laughs> <laughs> needless to say i had the last laugh i had the last laugh <laughs> and um, <laughs> Make him out to be a cartoon character villain. He fucking is, well, isn't he? <laughs> <it's a bit. laughs> uh, but anyway, he. Um, the, I was just going to bring that up because the chapter he had where he, you know, couldn't was getting kind of paralysis in his hand yeah. and losing yeah. the ability to play guitar, and for them to him to like, you know, um, them splitting up in two thousand two. I mean, I felt at that point, like I said, risk is in the hat, so we're not going to go into this too much, but I felt like when Megadeth split in 2002, it was basically, it was sad, but it was basically sparing us the embarrassment for where Megadeth were heading. Um, whilst, whilst a lot of us were really sad for Dave Mustaine, because, you know, that's a really horrible thing when music has been your whole life and you're being told at that time as he was that he'd never be able to play guitar again, I don't think many people were super distraught because they hadn't really been putting anything out of any immense quality for, for a little while. For a little while. Mm. But, you know, it's fair to say that from getting the band back together in 2004, which was a bit of a shock and a surprise and something which kind of, I think, jolted people into caring about Megadeth again. I think you look at the early noughties, you know, they couldn't really start the Astoria, even for their like last UK show, if I remember correctly. But people started to care about Megadeth again when they came back. And then the system of it has failed in 2004 was all right. I, I quite like it. Right. Yeah, I think it's okay. It's got a couple yeah. of good songs. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I'd say ditto for United Abominations in 2006, which I think is pretty underrated, actually. I think there's actually a couple of fucking absolute bangers on that album. Yeah, D- it's also much better made than the previous. The System Has Failed is yes. not a brilliantly recorded or, or no, no, no. produced album. I think United Abomination sounds like a... I mean, at the time, I obviously got it... To, when I first heard it in 2007, that's what I expected a new metal record to sound like. And The, the System Has Failed just didn't. Yeah, bit, that's right. I, I was just going to say, I think United, United Abominations is a really, really good Megadeth record, actually. Yep. And yeah, Agreed. quite underrated. More, Sleepwalker more and Washington is next to mm, banging songs. Mm, yeah. And oh, the title right. track, actually. It's super yeah. political, that one. And I really yeah. like it when... Uh, <laughs> I was about to say, I really like it when uh, Dave Mustaine is political. And then I remembered some of the things that he said in the past. Uh, he has... Sometimes he has put his rhetoric about political things across well in songs. <laughs> Let's just say that. Mm, Fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> just, if you like the album, just don't read the lyrics to America Stan. Because that's... that's that's not oh, a yes. happy That's set of actually words. Actually, a good point. No. Yes, that is it's, a good point. It's it's like it's it, it's it's really good as long as you're not paying attention to anything he's saying. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I I think some of the political rhetoric rhetoric on that record is put across really well. But yes, that is a very good point. If I don't know if you agree with that or not, Tom. Maybe I'm just outing myself as a right wing nutter or something. I don't know. I mean, he puts across his his viewpoint in a. A kind of well constructed ways. Yeah, way. it's yeah, just it's yeah. not a very nice thing that he's saying. I mean, the yeah, moment you okay. get to America, Stan, though, he's kind of crossed over into yeah, full f- f- crazy Fox News watching <laughs> Uncle, who you really don't want to speak up at the dinner table. <laughs> crazy frog watching. Uh, I don't know what that means actually. But really, after those two albums, really, although Tom has already kind of chucked a big spoiler out into the world in two thousand nine, when people when when Megadeth put Endgame out people went holy fuck this is amazing like this is Megadeth back 
to some people would say in fact funnily enough merle from metal hammer yesterday when i was saying that we were doing this said to me i think endgame is as good as rust in peace that is what merlin said now i'm not <laughs> tom sure. is shaking his head he's tom is just like he's just bitten on a a, a sour lemon and <laughs> oh, pulled a big i hate that face. i'd say that, bit, I, bitten really, on a wasp. I really hate it I, like not as what? much as not as much as super collider obviously but yeah it's it's so overproduced it's like it's the one andy snake record where uh, he's kind of made an old band sound modern where i've gone no you've gone too far it just oh, to me wow. it's so shiny and it's so kind of twinkly 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 i can see the sheen and it's just all shred and i don't i don't really like shred very much i like hmm. you know i like guitar solos but hmm. it's just all leads and I can't remember a single riff off it after it. And I honestly, I thought there were some really embarrassing songs on there. I liked the drag racing song, and I think there was another song that reminded me of Judas Priest. And I went, "Oh, I like that." But I, I remember everyone else going, "Oh, it's amazing." And I kind of, you know, when you listen to everyone else says an album's amazing, and you think I should like this, and you listen to it way past the point, you should just go, "That's not for me." I'm going to be an adult and move on. And it, uh, yeah. you, you get to hate it. I despise that record because I overplayed wow. it long past the point that I went. No, I don't like it. It's just wow. it's it's all leads. I much prefer both United Abominations and the record that came after. Wow. Well, it it had just for a bit of like balance. I mean, I I really like it. Do you like it, Renfrey? I'm assuming you like it as well. I think I think it's a flawed record, and I think that often those flaws don't get talked about, but. If I were to rank it in my favourite Megadeth records, it would probably be number two. Yeah, I really wow. like it. I really like okay. it. It's uh, after Rust in Peace. I really like that wow. record. Okay. Um, to back up um, what we're saying, Metal Hammer gave it a 9 out of 10. Consequence of Sound gave it 4 out of 5. Blabbermouth gave it 8.5 uh, out of 10. Q even gave it 3 out of 10, which is, seems like quite a lot for them. Pop Matters gave it 8 out of 10. Sputnik Music gave it 4.5 out of 5. Like, it appears to be the... Yeah. I'm in the minority the, here. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, were you are. moonlighting for Q around this time, Tom? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> <laughs> Their words per minute must be quite a lot higher. Words per... Well, uh, pounds I, per word must yeah, be uh, quite is, a lot yeah. higher than I've had. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not anymore, because they're not a thing anymore, but, you know, fine. Back in the um, day back in the day but anyway so endgame was thought of as this massive kind of career comeback and most people thought it was great and i have to say 2010 they played the main stage at download sandwiched in between lamb of god deftones and radiance machine and they more than held their own because i know because tom's here we'll say they're two unbelievably fantastic reliably brilliant live bands radiance machine always one of the best things you'll ever see lamb of god on wrath Back in those days, Lamb of God were yeah. absolutely unstoppable. I saw them and on have... that tour. They were ridiculous. They were amazing. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbe- and Deftones on the back of Diamond Eyes that day were fucking amazing as well. They were fantastic. But um, uh, no, they were. They ended with seven words. It was brilliant. And But Megadeth... <laughs> Tom's not allowed band... to talk about Deftones on this podcast. No, 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 no. Um, World's most and... boring band. <laughs> fucking Let's hell. move on. Let's move uh, on. <laughs> Quickly. But Megadeth were really, really great that day. And in amongst a lot of very, very good, like really great bands, Megadeth were fucking brilliant. And then um, it suddenly felt like Megadeth, I think, it felt like Megadeth were the band in the best place out of the big four. I think 
the veneer of Death Magnetic just not being St. Anger had started to wear off for Metallica. Slayer had put out World Painted Blood, which I think is a very pedestrian Slayer record. Yeah. Anthrax hadn't released them for God knows how long and added new singer every new uh, every other afternoon. <laughs> and the only band that were really kind of competing kind of critically with Megadeth from that thrash movement originally would be Testament having put out the fucking brilliant formation of damnation but they're nowhere near as big as megadeth and so when those big and four creator. shows happen Le- be ca- leave ca- don't make don't forget creator okay. creator um creator's kind of continued upward trajectory since they kind of abandoned the groove stuff and got in that um young guitarist who likes playing iron maiden leads they're yeah. kind of <laughs> everything they've done from the last kind of 10 12 years has been not just solid it's been excellent and loads of people who didn't know who they were in 2007 now have them as one of their favorite metal bands they've just mm. been kind of consistently good and it was it was happening then yeah i think that's fair but i think in terms of actual like particularly like from the uk's perspective particularly i think creator on a commercial level at that point was still i like what kind of venues would creator have been playing at that point do you think in 2010 I can't really remember because I don't think they were coming here very much. But mm. I think that was partially because they're, they're, that was more kind of political than anything else. I'd have to go away and research that to be sure. Yeah. But I would imagine, I mean, I saw them with Arch Enemy in 2014 at the Forum. And I think yeah. at that point they were already, you know, that they, there has been a significant jump in their profile, even from kind of five years before to get to that point i remember being kind of surprised that they were like going on after arch enemy because i was like wow because i always you know it felt like they were more for a long time particularly in the noughties they were more of a sort of underworld band maybe like an electric ballroom band at, at, at best so i think in terms of profile at least you would look at megadeth of the really big thrash bands at that in, in at, at the kind of turn of the tens and go they're probably the one that people would be like oh look they're actually putting out music that's good just just to jump in here it's it's kind it's kind of halfway between what you're saying so in on january 26 2009 creator played coco which isn't insignificant that's 1400 people oh yeah that's pretty good actually Consi- considering gajira didn't play coco until three years later yeah yeah, yeah. They, they actually played coco two years earlier in 2007 electric ballroom 2005 and underworld 2002 so you're not wrong but you've okay. got the time ever so slightly wrong but yeah yeah all right fair so yeah they were definitely on their way up yeah. but i think when you look at coco in comparison to megadeth yeah firmly established as a Brixton Academy sized band yeah. Yeah. as were most of the other big four I would say um, anyway um, but the big four shows and Dave Ellison coming back into the band also gave it this kind of sheen of a classic lineup. and I think again that dated you know, well <laughs> yeah yeah exactly but um, but you know the big four shows catapulted thrash into and those thrash bands like right back into the sort of top of people's imagination again and I think at that point like thinking back to it it sort of felt like the road had cleared a little bit for dave mustaine to get his run as being and megadeth to be like the main granddaddies of thrash metal is that were we all admitting that were we all at the sonosphere big four show just a small deviation um i thought they were really good that day yep. i thought they were oh, really really good oh yeah i, I did yeah I, I thought they were okay i've seen oh, okay. them be a lot i've seen them be better than that 
Okay. I'm trying to remember where it was I saw them that they were fucking amazing. It might have been Bloodstock. No, it was. that. It was the first Bloodstock headliner show where they were really fucking great. And you yeah, went, that was great. Okay. They look like, you know, they are a genuinely great band with a genuinely great catalogue and a genuinely great set of musicians performing really, really well. Mm. Um God, that feels like a long time ago. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, was that? I think me and you was that the weekend that me and you stayed in the bed and breakfast with each other, Tom. Basically, no, I think like we. I think that was the bad year. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah, it I, might have been actually the bad yeah. year. Yeah. and even that was like, oh yeah, because his voice was shot to shit, wasn't it? That year. Yeah. But anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. But go on, Renfrey. Oh, well, I thought. I thought. Um, Slayer, I felt were like band of the day for that yeah, day. They were oh no, so Killing Joke good. was band of the day. I went off. Killing Joke were band of the Killing day. Killing Joke were fucking, fucking incredible. I was kind of, I was kind of saying within the big four. Okay. That, so yeah, on, on on the main stage, let's say you had Diamond Head, which was fun, but you know, uh, Anthrax who were not great, and then Megadeth was definitely a step up. Slayer was a further step up, and then Metallica were just reliably yeah. great. You know, so. You know. Yeah, good actually, day, it's, you say reliably great. I've seen Metallica not be very good at Sonosphere. I think it was two thousand and nine when they were they headlined and weren't marvelous. They yeah. were. It was they playing loads of Death Magnetic and they were ploddy and it was quite. But it was. I mean, for a start, the buzz everyone had had their mood killed by Nine Inch Nails doing their set list of oh, B sides yeah. and rarities. No, I was at that. Sh- I was there. Gutted to miss that. Yeah, and it was like, everyone stand. Yeah, if you're if you're a nine inch nails yes. diehard, which like, I if you am. just yeah, yeah, like yeah. nine inch nails, yeah, or yeah. you're kind of I'm not sure what I feel about nine inch nails, you're yeah. sitting there going, "What? What is he doing?" It was the biggest, and they fuck went and watched Cancer Bats. It was the biggest fuck you to casual fans that yeah. I think any band have ever <laughs> done, probably. But, but, but yeah. to be fair, to give to give nine inch nails their credit, I mean, just like just like nine inch nails, isn't it? It's not hard. Yeah, just like Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> yeah. Why, why, why wouldn't you just consume Nine Inch Nails' entire back catalogue like fucking Daniela Westbrook and a big bag of coke? <laughs> like fucking get it in your nose, mate. It's Nine Inch Nails. You want to listen to all of their back catalogue? So grow up and like Nine Inch Nails properly. Bring it back to thrash metal. Metallica yeah, though, that, on the Big Four day were just unbelievable. Yeah, best I've seen fun. for the best part they of the decade. Fantastic. It was a great day. It was yeah. a great day, and it, it reminded you of how great that music was and i think megadeth you know again amongst a fantastic slayer show uh you know the biggest metal band of all time and you're quite right tom a very very stunning performance from killing joke on the other stage so good megadeth you still walked away and went and megadeth were great right and i just think that yes exactly you sort of looked at megadeth and you're like they're doing it they're doing the thing they're gonna like they're they're on this kind of real upward momentum trajectory as a band like they were playing starting to play bigger venues again and people were like you know getting back on the cover of magazines and people were interested in those kind of classic thrash metal bands i mean people are always going to be interested in metallica people are kind of get that hardcore slayer fan base are always going to have a real interest in slayer but and thanks to megadeth there's no getting away from it kind of dropped off a little bit in the late 90s into the early 2000s and it felt like megadeth not anthrax so much but megadeth had climbed their way back up to the top of where they needed to be and uh and then 13 came out and it wasn't very good i mean Ooh. it wasn't Ooh, oh I really like i like really? i like 13 i think that's a good record okay you literally I mean, not, so you just said you preferred it to end game yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i do prefer it mm. to prefer it to end i like 13 i think it's a good record mm. 
It's well, not like it's not going to change anyone's opinion on Megadeth, but I re- I think no. there's some really fun songs on there. I didn't think it was appalling. It was just a bit disappointing, and I think it was a shame that they kind of left the f- like whatever you think about the production or the songs or the style like the fury of endgame felt like it had been tempered a little bit i thought renfrey um i i've only i believe i've only listened to 13 twice i think i got the promo through listened to it a couple of times and never went back to it i certainly think it's the least bad record megadeth have released in the last 10 years (laughs) that is definitely true (laughs) but i never really returned to it so it's difficult for me to have a really strong opinion but you know the fact i didn't return to it and i still regularly return to endgame says it all i think in terms of my opinion so well fair um mustaine said in 2012 uh that the material for the follow-up to 13 would be a little darker and a little faster where, where the this fuck is 2000- that material <laughs> well that was in 2000 and- <laughs> yeah. yes yes it was, was that before he yeah. actually yeah. written it was yeah it. where, exactly is, where are those press well this was 2012 yeah. and instead of going out and actually writing material um megadeth instead went out and toured the 20th anniversary of countdown to extinction rather than go into the studio so having come off that tour uh mustaine said it was more likely because of that that the album would be released in 2013 and this is the only accurate thing that he said (laughs) (laughs) regarding this record on this entire Um, press cycle yeah yes uh the album's name was revealed by the band on the 12th of february 2013 now tom you messaged me before we started doing this podcast and you said you are going to explain what a super collider actually is no no i said i asked my better heart like my partner is a uh, an engineer in semiconductor physics right so right. he does know exactly what a super collider is i asked him what it is and so i'm going to give you his explanation <laughs> Uh, because I don't actually have a clue. I'm just kind of repeating what. So if this is wrong, any physicists out there, I'm to- I'm totally blaming. Okay. We, my we, we, we have a big PhD physicist listening, uh, like pool of, of fans. So don't upset them too much, will you? Okay, I'll try. His description is uh, any high energy experiment which collides particles together, such as the big super collider at CERN. Basically, particles go whizzy-woo around Big Loop and then made to kaboom into each other. Um, I mean, I do, I do understand that. I don't. Uh, I've got a fucking clue. I don't understand the god particle or why we're doing it, but I do understand the, the premise of... I do understand what super colliders do. I don't understand why they do it or what, what we're searching for. I'm sure that it is something important, but I don't know what it is. And I don't understand. If, it. I, were to, if I were to ask that, the next qu- the answer that you give, none of us would understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, right. can imagine, yeah. I mean, I do understand sort of what you just said, but what I don't understand is what it has to do with this record and the music <laughs> on this record. Well, well, the thing that I want to know is what does it have to do with the lyrics to the song Super Collider? Because the... the refrain on that song is explode like a super collider a super collider doesn't explode if super collider explodes it's the end of the world except it's not going to explode it's a very controlled and self-contained system with lots and lots and lots of safety measures because they know what they're doing is potentially really dangerous if they fuck around maybe we've missed a trick though maybe this is the 21st century version of like the nuclear war thing maybe it's just a song about the world ending 
Or maybe it's an old man who's seen something on the news and didn't understand it. <laughs> I was just, I, I was I was just trying say, to provide some It sounds balance. like quite... I think we've kind of already tapped into something. If you're saying that, like, Dave Mustaine thinks this is a big explosion and everyone else is like, no, this is not a big explosion. That's quite a good kind of metaphor for this entire record, to be perfectly honest. Um, but the band released a snippet for the song Don't Turn Your Back on the 10th of April, which... Uh, then led to the revelation that mad Davy Draymond from Disturbed would be guesting on the album, leading to a series of cold sweats and chills down the spine of anyone who had any taste in music whatsoever. <laughs> the idea of David Draymond turning up on anything is not a good idea. That's fair enough, isn't it? I'm apart, a from dis- a bon- apart from I'm a bonfire. A, I'm a Disturbed fan. I'm fine with David Draymond. <laughs> Really? A lot of yeah, controversy no. in this episode. Wow. No, th- I mean, I, I will. I mean, obviously, Asylum's a terrible record. And I'm not going to stick up for that. But it's is, is Asylum their entire works, like collated yeah. or something? No, <laughs> no. The, Asylum was the one where, like, they were they were looking for support from certain publications, expecting good reviews uh, from uh, them at least. And even they went, "No, this is shit." Uh, um, and like, but the like those publications gave it to someone who was a confirmed and public and vocal day, uh, disturbed fan okay. and they would know it's pony but uh, obviously the first record it's kind of gimmicky uh, prayer is is it what what exactly i don't know what you're talking about Steve. <laughs> <laughs> prayer is kind of it's it's decent 10,000 fists and indestructible are great rock records they're not they're not big they're not clever but they are really fun and there are some really good choruses even the genesis cover i think is good and everyone else seems to think that cover of land of confusion is balls Don't i really know like there's a land of confusion orc, orc, orc. you like that dude can, <laughs> can i ask a question about his appearance on this record though yeah can either of you t- tell where he's there because I've listened to we'll, that song three times. We'll we'll get we'll get to this, Tom. I'm going to park okay. that. I'm going to park that because that will happen. So uh, the band released Kingmaker and the title track before the album was released as promo singles in May, and then out it came. But what did the world think of Super Collider? Well, it has a Metacritic score of 41, which made it the worst reviewed record of 2013. Although Classic Rock gave it eight out of ten saying Megadeth are in the middle of another classic period. While some of their peers have been struggling for a while to make relevant noises, Dave Mustaine and co. have been recording vital albums since 2009's Endgame, and their latest is destined to be regarded as one of Megadeth's most defining releases. The band have thrown off any preconceptions, ditched all the cliches, (laughs) and allowed... (laughs) What? (laughs) Was this written by Dave Mustaine? (laughs) (laughs) And allowed their instincts to take over. As a result, this is an album that flows with neatly observed touches and overflows with some of the finest compositions and musicianship ever heard on a Megadeth album. Oops. Yeah, quite. Oops. <laughs> Fucking oops. Hell. Wow. <laughs> Jesus, um, I, b- I bet whoever wrote that it, it really regrets their life choices. I mean, unbelievable. Um, is it a prominent? Metal, you don't have to name them, but is it a prominent writer? Or is I, it not I don't writer? know. I've not okay. put. I didn't. I didn't put down who wrote it. Okay. Um, May, May, I do know who wrote Metal Hammer's review for it, and they gave it seven out of ten. Um, we don't have to name them, but I can take three guesses. <laughs> you probably only need one. To I be can fair. take one. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, 
streamlined perfection suits Megadeth better than any other band of their generation. This is by no means the first time Megadeth have abandoned the high-speed ethics of thrash in favour of a more rounded, radio-friendly hard rock approach. But it may be tough to listen to Super Collider end-to-end without bemoaning the absence of a balls-to-the-wall speed metal song. This is a strong album and fans will find plenty to enjoy, but some may wonder whether it's ba- whether his band's evolution, rather than the Earth's, should be concerning Dave Mustaine at this point. Um, I just found. I just looked up who wrote the review for Classic Rock. I'm not going to name them, but you both know who it is, and I'm pretty sure everyone who's ever read a rock publication in the last 20 years will know who it is. Oh, Matt it's, Mills, it's... your fingerprints are all over this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Matt, leave him alone. Oh, but he would still have been in primary school. At that <laughs> point, surely. Yeah. Uh, yeah spin gave it five out of ten saying the foursomes constantly shifting lineup releases its 14th album and twice in as many years mustaine has morphed into the born again post bircher bertha conspiracy nut who endorsed santorium for president and believes obama staged last summer's wisconsin sikh temple and colorado movie shooting so he could take away everybody's guns not really a review of the album so much no. but it's not a great review that one but you know fine um Q gave it 4 out of 10, saying that it ditched Thrash for bland stadium rock. Pop Matters gave it 2 out of 10, saying that it was Countdown to Extinction taken to its most nightmarish conclusion. Kerrang! gave it 2Ks and said it felt half-hearted and rushed. Sputnik Music gave it 2 out of 5s and said... Post-Endgame Megadeth is a flat-out confusing mess. The 2009 album saw the band thrashing hard enough for our very own Trey Spencer to hail the album Rust in Peace Part 2, and it seemed that the addition of Chris Broderick was a match made in heaven. How could it not be? Chris is unquestionably one of the most technically talented guitarists in metal today. Frankly, if he wanted to be, he could be the most talented guitarist in whatever genre he wanted to be in. Yet 2011's 13 suffered long strokes of mediocrity between recycled and poorly reimagined songs. Somehow, though, the Megadeth faithful, with Endgame not too far from the rearview mirror, held out hope this is that this would only be a palate cleanser for what the band worked on as their next opus well super collider is here and it's proof positive that our hopes are in vain and when you look at the inconsistency of frontman dave mustaine in recent years the fact that super collider is an inauthentic feeling mess begins to make sense that's brilliantly summed up this entire podcast hasn't it yeah quite well actually yes um loudwire gave it three out of five and said if you pick up super collider expecting thrashy megadeth you'll be disappointed it's there but only in small doses this is mainly a hard rock album with some metal moments knowing that going in may help shift your expectations there are a few excellent songs on super collider some of that are decent and a couple that can kindly be characterized as filler and as i'm sure we'll discuss in a minute metal storm said in their five out of 5.5 out of 10 review hey i'm sure a lot of folks will love it at least it's not risk right then again at least there was some risk to risk (laughs) which i think quite sums up something Mm. um (laughs) the album peaked at number six on the u.s billboard charts making it megadeth's highest charting album since euthanasia mad mad it got to number 22 on the UK album chart, number four in Canada, number four in Finland, number nine in Greece, number seven in Norway, and number 15 in Sweden. And as of December 2015, it had sold 86,000 copies in the United States of America alone. But that's all a preamble. Lads, I'm going to go to you, Tom, since you are our guest first. What do you think of Super Collider by Megadeth? I think it's fucking awful. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free to expand on that. Like, I... I I don't take any pleasure in saying how shit I think it is, 
because it's not like it's a band that I never liked in the first place. So it's not like Temper Temper by Bullet yeah. My Valentine, <laughs> which is a, a, a genuinely awful record by a band who've never done anything that I've liked. So it's kind of, well, mm-hmm. of course, I think there's some comedy value mm-hmm. that I'm just uh, like, it, I, I am angry and I'm disappointed, Dave. <laughs> the, this it's. I don't know whether I think it's... It certainly didn't disappoint me as much as St. Anger did back when I was like a, at 19 and incredibly mm-hmm. devoted to Metallica as like my favourite band. Mm. But I, I think I might hate this more. Like oh. Even at the... T- it's really bad. It's re- I mean, Particularly if you... If you listen to St. Anger back, you just think, well, there's a lot of bad choices here. Yeah. Like, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of things where the moment you'd made that choice, you were, scu- you were scuppered. You couldn't do anything right after that. Yeah. This, not, not true. It's... Everything's bad. Incl- the choices, the execution, um, the production... Oh, the production's appalling. I know I, I, I moaned about Endgame being a bit shiny. Fuck it, bring back Andy Sleep. I'm sorry, all is forgiven. <laughs> it's such a mess. Mm. And it's not like... It's not like... Um, they've tried to make it sound grittier and dirtier. It just sounds a, like a, an error. So it's mm. like they, they're trying to get Endgame. They're trying to get you know the massive production of Countdown to Extinction. And it's just sloppy. I mean, it's, it's not quite that bad, but it's almost as messy as Death Magnetic. I, I think sloppy is a pretty good word for it, actually. It's, it, it is all over the place, the production on this record. There's no cohesion at all. Um, no. I th- some of it's out of time. There's some vocals that are out of time. Yeah. yeah. That's the astonishing thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Out of tune is one thing, but out of time. <laughs> and that's just that's just says that the producer didn't say, Dave, can you do that again? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I think it's terrible. I think it's really awful. So the opening song, Kingmaker, made me think... Because I hadn't listened to this for ages, obviously, because it came out, I listened to it once or twice, and then I went, fuck it now, and never listened to it again until yesterday. I just thought... Same, by the way. Yeah. Are we just not going to get a kind of not-so-great Megadeth album here? Because this is just pretty much a kind of pretty bad bog-standard metal song on Kingmaker. Yeah. And, um, Kingmaker's, and I thought, well, Kingmaker's an alright song. I don't mind I Kingmaker. I think Kingmaker as an opener, it's not good. Do you know what I mean? It's not good. It's but not it's terrible. not like, holy fucking hell, this no. is awful. No. It's just a false dawn, isn't it? Yes. Because the title track is up next and good lord. Yeah. <laughs> good lord. <laughs> the title track is like a geriatric version of Def Leppard on slang. <laughs> Like it's like a younger band than Def Leppard. Oh, sounding it's worse than like that. An elderly version of Def Leppard on their post grunge album. It's what worse are than you that. doing? It's a it's a band of Def Leppard's vintage. Hearing Pearl Jam for the first time and thinking, <laughs> oh, they're quite good, and kind of tr- doing that, but like upbeat, straight down the middle of the road of radio rock. And it's like it's a song that sounds like it's about the end of the world, but it's it's the most middle of the road, boring, upbeat thing you've ever heard. Why? And it's like it even if you wanted to do what I've just described, it's poorly executed at it. There are shit Pearl Jam ripoffs looking at this and going, "Well, that's rubbish." Like, why are there so many dull power chords in that chorus? I I, I don't know. I think the Pearl Jam comparison is really astute, actually, and a comparison that I would have never been able to make because Pearl Jam are my favourite band and it's incredibly difficult for me to say anything bad against them. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to no, ruin no, no. for you. No, 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 you're not. Well, you're not. You, no, no, no. You couldn't. But um, 
I think that's a really astute point because it is Pearl Jam done badly, which is which is yeah. terrible music. I think part of the reason I adore Pearl Jam is because they do music which is middle of the road, but they do it incredibly well. That was a really bad way to describe my favourite band. <laughs> Talk about a backhanded compliment. <laughs> I hope Eddie Vedder never hears this because there's no way I'll be meeting him then. I, I, I mean that in the nicest possible way. That's a really weird way to describe your favourite band, but you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, this just sounds like bad Pearl Jam ripoffs. Like, well, that's 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 why I said slang because mm. slang was the album in Def Leppard did in 1996 where they cut their hair and decided to do kind of like gr- post grunge ballads. But they sound like a kind of old man version of Def Leppard on slang. And I just think, what the fuck are you doing, mate? And the thing that is the most galling about that is I thought there's that quote from Dave Mustaine saying. Oh, I took glam metal to be the flea on the the flea on the camel's balls, and thrash was the 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 the, the, the flea spray. And it's like, well, if that's the case, why are you now morphing into the flea? Like, why are you borrowing from that shitty band? Like, it's rubbish. But it's the backing vocals. Ooh, super collider. <laughs> no, no, it's the lead vocals as well, Steve. Dave <laughs> sounds like he's passing a bladder stone for God's sake. It's, I mean, it's so it's so it paid. Oh, I just need to get this out. It's super collide. Oh, it's awful. It's but it so is, awful. It is the backing vocals, like the South Park backing vocals, that really made me laugh as well. Like <laughs> him just going, "Iggy, super collider, <laughs> oh, super collider." And someone goes, yeah, it's a brick ladder, yeah. In the background, it's like, what are you doing? You you doing that is absolutely perfect. And at the same time, you sound like someone doing a Scott Stapp impression, right? It's like a comedy Scott. That's exactly the same thing. And that's me doing a bad Scott Stapp impression. And that's exactly the same as what Dave Mustaine's backing vocals sound like. It's it, it, oh, it's humiliating. It is bad. We got burn necks, and oh my god, like got a bloody Bill and Ted guitar opening part, and then it goes into something which steals the chorus from Ash, a bridge from Stuck Mojo, and a verse from, well, Risk, to be perfectly honest, and like, and, <laughs> and it's got loads of self-indulgent Fred Dave Ellisoning. It's just got so much. <laughs> it's got so much well, absolute. <laughs> elderly jizz everywhere it's horrible (laughs) (laughs) fucking hell the lyric the lyrics are the flames are getting tall inside my rear view mirror and all this stuff it's like this is trying to be fueled by metallica isn't it (laughs) that's what this is trying to be fueled by metallica you say that i think he came up with the, the idea for the title right he came up with burn exclamation mark now one any song with an exclamation in it is probably going to be awful. Absolutely. Clear signpost mm-hmm. that things aren't going to be good. But it's also, like, if you listen to the lyrics, it's basically like someone has Googled cliches involving burning and <laughs> has the thesaurus.com page for fire open and has just written a bunch of lyrics based off of what they read. It's all cliches. It's so dumb as rocks that bring me the rice and would look at it and think well that's a bit silly <laughs> you know it's so stupid and it's it's also it it's a really good way to sound i remember when we i came on right act and we t- spoke about the accept record yes and yeah. all of us hated that song which is basically a, a shout at influencers 
Yes. And it's it's, yeah. it's it's called Overnight Sensation, and it really is yeah. just kind of, yeah. oh, God, lads, old you man sound really talking. old yeah, when you yeah, do yeah. this. This makes Dave Mustaine sound way more geriatric and past it. Yeah, I think I I think the lyrics on this song give uh, like fire a bad name. Like, if I were a PR for fire, I would just want this song to not exist. (laughs) Like, it just it makes fire seem puny and wimpy. (laughs) Just fire's lawyers have issued a cease and desist order against (laughs) Megadeth. What a headline! What a headline! Yeah. And then, you know, he carries on the kind of trying to squeeze a shite out at the start of Built for War. And again, the fucking backing vocals are Built for War. Like, they're reminding him what the sort of, like, he's like, what's this song called? Built for War. It just, like, I mean, we've had far, far worse on this show than a song like Built for War. I promise but you, the we way it goes, Built for War, Built for War, Built for War. At least those songs were recorded well, right? The vocals in the verse are out of time. No, 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 in, no, in some no, cases is, they weren't. The, the, oh, okay. I'll send you, I'll send you some stuff after. In like, I mean, you know, even going back to that couple of weeks, like to the vines. This is probably better. The production on this is better than the vines record, right, Renfrew? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Welcome to the yeah, worst half so. hour of your life when Steve sends you that stuff. Fucking hell! Like, yeah, no, yeah. no. There's, there's stuff which is more broken than this. Yeah, well, I, I, I would. Welcome say to the it, la- worst half hour of my life is also one of Dave Ellison's sex tapes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, God. It's not really. Whole half an hour? Wow. (laughs) Well, of course, if what what everyone's seen on Twitter is anything to go by, I've probably got the the unit measurement wrong there. Oh, Christ. Um, I think Off the Edge is genuinely quite hard to listen to. Which way is down? I think that might be the the worst metal song I've ever heard. It's so bad. I listen to this, and I really... I really got angry about this song when I listened to it again recently. Like, it's so bad. It's so bad. Like, for one, all the lyrics are conspiracy theorist, alt-right, grifter buzz phrases. It's stuff he's he's blatantly heard on the InfoWars podcast, right? <laughs> uh, he, and it, he cannot sing a fucking note. He's really trying, but his voice is more fucked than a health secretary's personal aid, right? <laughs> That's good. <laughs> that, that was good. that was fucking. Did you write that down beforehand? That is good. Oh, of course I did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is that is topical. That's but, brilliant. <laughs> but also, why does every fucking lyric sound like it's supposed to rhyme, but almost none of it does? Well, he sounds. <laughs> it's like got a load just... of things that are that he's clearly put together like it's supposed to rhyme, and it doesn't at all. Yeah. I, I thought that. Well, I thought it it sounds like he's having like a bad dream and they've just put a, they've just started recording him. It's like they've fed him loads of cheese and then gone off to bed you go, Dave, and he's having some sort of weird fever dream. Because he just jumps around all over the place. He sounds like he's like he's like a granddad like snorting. I mean and the riff the riff is a, a poor it's like Paramount five, really bad. Yeah. Paramount really five thousand would reject that that riff for being too lumpen. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It is not good. I mean, the end bit sounds like Fat Lip by Sum 41, and they're, they're like joke. The jo- You remember they did like joke metal song at the end of that Sum 41 album? Yeah, it's I, crap. I think that's really rude about Sum 41, and I don't like Sum 41, and I still think that's too far. Yeah, but they were pissing around, weren't they? Like, they were yeah. absolutely pissing around. Whereas Dave Mustaine, the, the, he's you know, trying. Like you say, he's really trying. Um, I mean, and then we get to 
Dance in the Rain, which uh, features Mad David Draymond from Disturb, as discussed before. Now, Tom, you said, where is David Draymond on this on this um, on this song? Because this is just again Dave Mustaine's mumbling spoken word bollocks just in the middle of it like rubbish and that sounds a bit like stained like a big miserable bag of dicks this is and if that wasn't bad enough david jamin rocks up for literally like 10 10 seconds i think it's about at the 30, end of the song but yeah it's not long. The, like a kind of shit alt-right chronos from venom <laughs> <laughs> It's rubbish. It's rubbish. Also, there's a massive, there's a massive, massive dose of homophobia in there as well, which I like. Maybe it's just my homophobia detector is a bit sensitive. But the line, races, classes, sexes, religious wars, destroy the family. What is what love is for? That's standard anti-same-sex marriage rhetoric, right? Ooh. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I didn't pick uh, up on that, but yeah, I, yeah, I didn't either. I did. But you, yeah. Yeah, sure yeah, did. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Wow. Okay. And it's coming from someone who's you know who has said in interviews how does my dick taste kirk about kirk hammett because kirk w- went out with his girlfriend directly at- after yes, Dave did. yes um, and from the man who wrote the lyrics to mechanics that's a bit rich yeah um, and also maybe he should be more worried about who his bass player is on zoom with and what he's doing there than <laughs> if me and my fiance are, are, are going to destroy the american family yeah. Just a suggestion. No, uh, brilliant. Yeah, it's a very good yeah. point. I mean, he's he's got previous with this, hasn't he? Let's be perfectly honest. That's one of yeah. the many things that Dave Mustaine. Uh, you could kind of you know just need to quick Google. Probably Dave Mustaine homophobic, and I'm sure you'll get a fair few comments coming up from from Dave Mustaine. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that he those those are old 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 comments. Um, well, but certainly he... what you've just picked up on and what he uh, appears to believe in, you've got to think that he probably does subscribe to um, some pretty unsavoury views. And he certainly said he's not in favour of same-sex marriage. I know he yeah. said that in public. And and, and, okay. and he's a Christian now, which complicates those things as well, or can do, not to cast aspersions against all Christians, but obviously sometimes that can have that effect as well. So, uh, you know, yeah, I think... I don't think we're putting two plus two together and making five... But is that that's David Draymond at the end? Is it? Because I genuinely yeah. couldn't pick yeah. out who, which was him. I thought he might be the guy saying you have the right to remain silent in a deep. Voice no, I at thought one that, stage. but then, it, like, yeah, I don't. I think that's David. It might be, but definitely that little end bit is is oh, David okay. Draymond. Yeah. What a complete waste of a guest appearance! What the hell's yep. the point? Yeah, I mean, Pointless. one thing again in the um, name of balance. One thing I will say is um, this was not as bad as I thought it was going to be, but it's still not any good. I assumed it was going to be Dave David Raymond kickering all over. It's like... basically like someone took Dawn Patrol and made it longer, slower, and more boring. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not good. I'm not saying it's good. It's just not anywhere near as bad as I assumed it was going to be when I saw David Raymond guest appearance. That's all I'm saying. Mm. Um, the beginning of the story, I think, is boring. Sort of sounds like a mid noughties corn song, which is obviously not <laughs> much of a compliment, I have to say. And then, lads, I think we'll skip over that one, unless anyone's got anything strong to say on beginning no, of sorrow. Particularly. It's no, probably no, no. the second least worst song in the album. Mm. And then, here we go. The banjo. Just what thrash metal had been missing for all these years. Hey guys, is Rain and Blood any good? Yeah, it's not bad, but it's always lacked the banjo and the military beat, hasn't it? Sure. I mean, I like Jesus Saves, but if it had a slide guitar and a fiddle on it, then it could be a really great song, right? Am I right? That's what thrash metal needs, isn't it? (laughs) Fucking banjos and fiddles. This song is called The Blackest Crow, and 
fuck me. It is fucking disastrous, this song. It is an Mm. absolute drunken fry-up of a song, isn't it? It's just a complete mess. (laughs) It is is so phenomenally misguided. I don't even know... (laughs) The thing is as well, I, a couple of weeks ago, said very nice things about the new Panopticon record on Hellbent for Metal. That's got banjo on it. That's a black metal slash post-metal record that's got yep. loads of banjo on it. And it's great. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. Because Austin knows exactly what he's doing with that. And he's thought about it. And he's really considered it. And he's been doing that for years. And he's got loads of experience. Because he knows that those two things are two things that could be a fucking disaster if you put them together. And presumably he knows that because he listened to this album and heard this song. <laughs> well, yes. And also, was it a year later or two later, uh, two years later, that Solstafir released um, Otter? Otter. I think it was the same year. Might have been, you know. Yeah, might I think have been. that was 2013. <clears throat> and that's got one of the best banjo riffs you'll ever hear. In a metal song, absolutely. Yeah. And, and actually, yeah, possibly ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So fucking so it can be done it can be done it can be done and i think people like you know who listen to us regularly go i can't believe this you're always saying that metal bands don't do this and they they stick to the same sound and you know you want metal bands to try something different now you're slagging them off for doing something different and it's like well no i'm not slagging them off for doing something different i'm slagging them off for being awful at doing something exactly not doing it it's it's recording it doing it recording it listening to it and not going, we can't release that, can <laughs> yeah, exactly. we? Exactly. We can't actually charge people money for that. That's what I'm slagging them and throwing it away. Yeah. That's what I'm what That's what I'm slagging was, them off for. What he needed was a retired Danish tennis player to sit down and say, if Definitely. that was me, I would delete that. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah. God, it needed to have this. Oh, it's just, it's so shoddily constructed. And the is, vocals are out of time again, which is, is just it, unforgivable. Yeah. It's clear he's not recording to a click track. Is this the worst Megadeth song ever? No, I, I still... It, like, it's bad. I genuinely, genuinely, genuinely think Off the Edge is worse. I because, th- of the, because the vocal... The lyrics are so cringe-inducingly, like, mad and old and, like, badly written. I think I agree with Tom. Yeah. I think I agree with Tom because, like, the thing that this song will always have is at least they tried something different. It's a colossal mess and it sounds rubbish, but I actually prefer... I, I mean, it's it's terrible, but... It I, is awful. The yeah. fact that at least he tried. And, and that is one tiny tick that you can put next to it. And I can't find any ticks to put next to um, uh, uh, Off the Edge at all yeah fair um it's followed up by a song called forget to remember which sounds like sort of Awful. kickstart my heart with diabetes or um, so out of tune he's <laughs> so out of tune yeah he's, dread- he's dreadful we got some shit blues crap like no one's impressed by this dave at the start and like you know it actually does end up going into a thrash song with um don't turn your back but that first bit i was like no no but it's and then, i was but the riff rim, wimps out for the chorus right like yeah. the verse riff is good right and actually you're going oh is this going to be the song that kind of that that justifies the existence of the record where you go whatever else you can say don't turn your back is good <clears throat> and, and then you get to the chorus and it's just mm. it wimps out and dave tries to sing and it all goes wrong yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it, it wouldn't get on euthanasia that, that song no. would it no. Oh, God, no. I mean, it'd be no. euthanized, but... 
Uh, And then um, it ends with uh, a cover of Cold Sweat by Thin Lizzy done a la Shout at the Devil and Dave Mustaine doing to Phil Linnett's grave what he'd previously done to Sid Vicious's grave by spinning it around as fast as hum- as fast as a super collider to be fair um, only this time unlike the atrocious cover of Anakin in the UK the person being affronted by this cover doesn't deserve it unlike Sid Vicious who <laughs> probably doesn't deserve all the shit that he can possibly get and that's bad isn't it as Is well. it, was it just Dave going? Well, Metallica got loads of love for doing whiskey in the jar. Right? <laughs> can I have some of? Can I have some of that? Oh, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's it, the thing as well, right? Obviously, there's, there's a guitar solo in it that's incredibly impressive because it's a Thin Lizzy song. Of course, there is. Yeah. yeah. But I listened to this and I got the feeling that they were kind of doing it just to sh- kind of show that they could. Not that there was any kind of value in it. There was, like, there's a Steve Vice song called Juice. My better half really loves Steve Vice, so I've heard this quite a bit. And um, it, it's basically just a giant guitar solo. And then at the end, on the recording, you've got someone just going laughing and saying, shut up, we know you can play. Jesus. I just, this song needs that at the end. It's just like, <laughs> you have just shown off that you can play the solo from Cold Sweat by Thin Lizzy. <laughs> And that's why it's on the record. That's all it's there for. Yeah, yeah it's it's it's, it's a, very bad. It's a bizarre way to end to end the record as well because this is the end to the standard edition of the record. There's a couple of deluxe editions that are available for this album, stuff like that. Um, I did listen to those songs. No fucking point. Um, and oh, I um, I your mental fucking rubbish. <laughs> um, worse than a lot of the material that's on the record, I would say. Um, but it is. But it is just a bizarre end to the to the record. Is this? worse than the anarchy in the uk cover oh christ um i think it's obviously surrounded by much worse stuff and i was i was so ready to go by the time this came on i was just like you have to leave now and i think anarchy in the uk is very bad their cover of anarchy in the uk is very 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 bad and absolutely pointless I but think so. Is this? I think but at least it's competently recorded, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay, it's not the that's not the best produced Megadeth record by no. quite some distance even of the era, right? We're not just comparing 1988 or whenever that was to to now. Like it was, it was worse produced than the album that came before it. But it is at least kind of competently recorded because one, they were shit hot at that point, and they were clearly a mess at this point. Uh, and two, because it was all being done on tape and everything was very expensive, you made absolutely fucking sure it was really yeah, good. Yeah, because yeah. if you didn't, you wouldn't get your next record deal, yeah, right? Yeah. Or the the label would just say, fuck off, back into the studio, please. Um, and it was, like, at least that was competently played and recorded. This is just a fucking mess. I, I, just I, a fuck. I, I do, I do, pref- I, it's a, it is a tough one. I do prefer this to the Anarchy in the UK cover. Um, if you're taking it out of the context of the record, I mean, when you're listening to it with the record, you've had so much shit that's come before it. It's like, oh, really? Really? A Thin Lizzy cover? Oh, what are you doing? Um, but I, I prefer the, the original um, Thin Lizzy song to the to Anarchy in the UK as well. I like Anarchy in the UK, but Thin Lizzy, fucking great. So, um, yeah, but but it's it's a tough call. And I don't think there's like a wrong answer, I think, to that. both both fucking shit. I mean, speaking of shit, though, this is like going for a really run. The album is like going for a really runny poo, and then this is like wiping at the end and finding blood on the paper. <laughs> well, 
Well, I tell you what, right? When the album ended on Spotify, on my Spotify, my Spotify decided to play Holy Wars from Rust in Peace immediately afterwards. Now, that is not cool. It was like that fucking Friends reunion continually cutting to old episodes of the show where they all look young and cool and hot and perfect and then coming back to a bunch of like Bo Selector characters and Matthew Perry halfway through turning into a rat and Matt LeBlanc looking like your uncle at wedding disco. Do you know what I mean? It was, it was really like... You shouldn't put that next to this now because l- look at you. Like you can't, you, you, you just shouldn't do that. And hearing that whole album and then hearing, I was like, oh, what, what you used to be and what you yeah. are now. Uh, it was really, really bad. Now we're going to do risk on here at some point. Um, is that worse? I mean, I guess we'll find out. I suspect that, it's going to be a similar sort of conversation that we have but the problem with this especially in comparison with risk is you know in the immortal words of george bush jr fool me once shame on me fool me twice (laughs) or you're not going to fool me again (laughs) (laughs) and i just think like you did this before lads and it didn't work like sorry what makes you think that 15 years later you're going to get it right again. I honestly do not get. I find Megadeth's like doing their own career twice. Deeply frustrating and, and mm. weird a thing to do. Um, and I think that, like thinking back about Megadeth and the fact that they had tried this and it was a fucking disaster when Riz came out. Yeah. To then go years later, ah, should we, should we, should we have another go at doing that sort of thing again? And it come out arguably worse Mm -mm. what the hell are you doing what are you doing yeah i i I have nothing to add i think that is brilliantly and eloquently put like uh, what a crazy thing i mean i suppose the only thing i could say is like maybe that that there is an argument to like Hollywood remake films that are classics that are beloved by people and often people complain about that because they love those originals so much there is actually a good argument to say that reboots should be of films that like had some a a gem of a good idea in there but maybe the execution was poor or something like that and so you could potentially apply that argument to this but I actually don't think that that's fair because I don't think the gem of the idea, i.e. Megadeth go rock radio, is a good one. I don't... That, I, no. that, that is not where Megadeth's strengths lie. It just isn't. And it, and, and it never no. will be. What What was Megadeth's mission, right? What was, their, what was the elevator pitch from Megadeth when he left Metallica and started his own band? Because there's a very famous one. Do you know it? Faster, heavier, S- more state, technical, just the... Yeah. State-of-the-art speed metal. That was mm. the, that was the mm. strap line for Megadeth like back in the day and you know the there's a have you seen get thrashed mm-hmm. there's a great line in in that where he's asked uh it it did getting kicked out of metallica make you want to be faster and better than metallica and he says yes it did but the thing is i was faster and better than metallica when i was in metallica which as a guitarist is probably true uh, well yeah. it's definitely true yeah, yeah, yeah. the early footage of, of james hetfield barely able to play um and like this is kind of what why when that is the exactly what your band was always meant to be would you say yeah fucking 30 years into our career we're gonna say screw that and do something completely different that no one who listens to us is gonna like yeah 
I, 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 I do. It is unfathomable, unthinkable. And to like I say, to do it once, you go, ah, yeah, you know, they all got caught up in that black album shit. Do you know what I mean? Like they, they can all say all these oh, black album they sold, Metallica sold out. They all got caught up in it. Yeah, Exodus but, but did, euthanasia, Testament but euthanasia did. was good. Like that's a decent record. Countdown to extinct. Euth- Countdown to extinction's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And arguably, what they're kind of their best collection of songs in terms of how many there are obviously rust in peace as a record is a superb listen yeah but you think well how many of the songs from there would you stick into a a greatest hit set list and how many would you sit stick from countdown to extinction countdown to extinction probably has more that just kind of leap out and say i want to hear that song Mm. just because it is so song orientated yeah you'd have to pick at least five songs from countdown to extinction to properly i mean you know skin of my teeth symphony destruction um sweating bullets the title track i mean yeah you know Min- it's bare fucking, minimum yeah it's fucking like that you know those are all-time classic megadeth songs so and and yeah and it's it's it kind of that i think does a that actually does a brilliant job of straddling like slightly more commercially viable sounds with Megadeth sounding like Megadeth but for them to go this far or to go to as far as they went mm-hmm. and then to go ah, no, 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 and get it back with like United Abominations to get it back with um, you know Endgame certainly in the eyes of most people um, for them to have another go at doing it I'm just like lads like this is you know you can't do this yeah they, they should I mean, to be fair to be fair when they were touring they couldn't do anything <laughs> well we'll get to that so the art uh, before we rank it and put it into the list there are a few things that happened to megadeth in the years post this record and actually some of them are all right i saw them at wembley the day after the uh horrific events of the back line in france and i thought they were fucking great although i have to say lamb of god et everyone alive that night but standard you know yeah just but, just but megadeth pro- with with um with uh um chris adler on drums as well were were fucking excellent that night and i have to say as well it was very emotional to see dave mustaine on stage with five finger death punch at the start of last year <clears throat> coming back having beaten cancer that was great as well just to Sorry, provide Nathan, a, say something? or just to provide a counterpoint to the wembley show because i was at that show as well um and and i actually thought lamb of god blew megadeth out of the water if i'm totally honest i i thought they were fine yeah. that night but i didn't think they were great to be honest but, but you know i thought they were very good well look lamb of god was like 10 out of 10 yeah good. yeah they were lamb of god were uh, uh, unbelievable um but you know it's not been there's been a lot of things since this record that have not been great Let's start with this one, Tom. On the 6th of June, 2013, Megadeth played Brixton Academy. We've spoken about this quite a lot, Tom. You were there, and yep. I believe you have some thoughts. This is where I let you off the lead. <laughs> uh, well, I, I should say that I was there with my, my kind of the, the person who uh, was accompanying me that night um, to, to enjoy this great show together was literally the biggest Megadeth fan I know, right? He is a super fan he's in the diehards bit of the fan club which is where he's like you get to meet dave occasionally he's met him a bunch of times um he's been he kind of knows everything he's got all the collection like twice and whatever absolutely loves him and he was crushed when we saw them together at brixton um bleed from within supported by the way and they were quite good so it wasn't just that everyone got brixton or anything it was (laughs) 
it was all Megadeth's own fault. Um, and he at the end of it, he was just gutted. They were so intergalactically appalling. To sum up how bad they were, I went for a weed somewhere near the end because oh, this isn't very good and kind of beat the cute, beat the rush at the end. And there was a guy coming out who had. Uh, I think he had Vic Rattlehead tattooed on his arm and he was wearing a P-Cells t-shirt and he shouted back into the auditorium, Dave Mustaine's a cunt and this is the worst gig I've ever been to. <laughs> Fucking uh, it was, It was a dire performance. He could not carry a tune in a bucket. He was more out of tune than a piano that's been thrown off a cliff. Uh, I have, I, I'm not exaggerating. I have literally seen Aelstorm be better. <laughs> Fucking and I, de- I despise Aelstorm. I have seen Aelstorm be better. Wow. 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 There is nothing cool. That is the biggest were th- of smackdowns. And the- tell you what the worst thing was. They down-chewed every... It was obvious that Mustaine's voice was totally fucked, right? He- and it was he was the big problem. It wasn't that the rest of the band couldn't play. The rest of the band were fine. It was... It was his voice because they down-tuned everything because his voice has dropped several several um, tones, and it just it, it the everything was now completely sounding insipid. Like it sucked the life out of all the classic songs. So even if everything had been perfect, it would have been at best six out of ten because they were the songs just sounded wrong. Mm. But Dave's voice, <clears throat> honestly, it was so painful, and it was it. It was so shocking then when, like, the year after, they headlined Bloodstock and were fucking brilliant. And I had a terrific time and thought they were great. But that, the, the tour for this album, I don't know if it was just he'd been not very well in the studio or something and that had carried on to the tour or it was just having to play the fucking songs off this album made him want to, you know, <laughs> go to sleep on stage. Did, did they play? Had that effect on me. Did they play many songs from this album? two songs i've got the set list up in front of me i will read the set the entire set list after it's actually not a bad not an awful set list trust hangar 18 kingmaker she wolf countdown to extinction architecture regression sweating bullets ashes in your mouth dawn patrol poison was a cure a le monde whose life is it anyways public enemy number one super collider cold sweat (laughs) yeah that wasn't good uh symphony destruction peace cells and holy wars so three three Oh god, the end yeah. was so like what I've just done is better than what Dave Mustaine sounded like that night. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Fuck. So you know, I you know this was obviously the time because I th- you know I thought they were good at Wembley. I don't think like Dystopia came out in 2015. Is Dystopia a very good Megadeth record? I think it's pretty cack to be honest. It's pretty boring. It's not I've not great. gone back to it. I didn't think no. it was great personally. Your thoughts on Dystopia? It's all right. It's I think it's one of the Grammy record that came out that year. Oh fuck me, yeah, yeah, loads better than that. Loads better I mean, than that. Granted, just so so is sitting bare ass on a thistle, but you know, <laughs> I, yeah, I think that, that's a shit album. I think that record's fine. It's all right. Well, the Anthrax one, or no, no, Dystopia, Dystopia. Yeah, okay, the Anthrax one's bad. Yeah, uh, yeah, Dystopia is like just kind of pedestrian and boring, yeah. and but they won a fucking Grammy for it. Yeah. So anyway, there you go, Megadeth Super Collider. We have to now rank this now. I understand, Tom, obviously you haven't heard all of these albums. Thanks, but, fuck for that. <laughs> yeah. But Renfrey, roughly, what are you saying for Super Collider? Because I've got a bit of an idea in my head as to where I personally think it should go. Okay, good. Uh, but I'd be interested to think what you, what, what you think. Well, I have only formulated this since we have been chatting, so I don't know how well thought out it is. 
Um, but my, I, 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 I'm going to go for. I think it should be position twenty three, but be- between Ooh. Black Flag, What the, which is a mm-hmm. terrible Black Flag record, and terrible, terrible Black Flag record, Madonna's American Life. And that hmm. is a, speaking specifically as a gay. That is a really terrible Madonna record. It's a dreadful record. It's awful. Good Bond theme, though, isn't it? Oh, for fuck's sake! Um, I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that. <laughs> Thank ever you. speak to you again? Thank you. Unbelievable. Thank you. Um, I, I, I Nick from that. Kerrang loves no, no, that the, Bond theme. Oh, it, I love genuine. I love high five. High five, Nick. You're fucking... I'm with you, my man. It's a fucking banger. It's a fucking banger. Nick is a, such a lovely man, but no, sorry. No, absolutely sorry, not. Take your boring Shirley Bassey, Tom <laughs> Jones, boring bollocks. Shove out your heart. Anyway, we're not having this conversation again. Um, I, I I know I'm I'm right, so it's fine. Uh, why I'm, why do okay. I think that? I think that because um, I think it's a, 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 a shade better than the Black Flag What The album is. Um, and I think Madonna American Life is a more interesting record. Um, yes. Maybe a more noble failure um, mm-hmm. than this one, which I think is really cynical and shite. Here's where I think about... I'm going to think about... I'm putting it, Renfrey. Mm-hmm. I'm actually putting it at 20, 19, 18, 17, 16, 15. Number 15 between oh. Louis XIV's Slick Dogs and Ponies and Theory of a Dead Man's The Truth Is. And I'll tell you for why, right? Because Theory of a Dead Man, The Truth Is, is Nickelback-esque American radio hard rock or Canadian American hard rock, right? With, you know, if you remember when we did that, there's some pretty grotty things that your man from Fear of a Dead well, Man yeah, says. Yeah, I was going to say there's some that. some like I appreciate Tom and I'm glad that you were here to bring up um some of the lyrical um oh god oddities to say it in a nice yeah. way um um of of this record which me and Steve probably wouldn't have picked up on but i think there's a lot more on that theory of a deadman record um not specifically homophobic but just a lot more um eyebrow, misogynistic. misogynistic shit on and, there and but but aimed aimed at his ex-wife uh, right? true like horrible Ooh. horrible and and not not nice mm. not nice in any way at all mm. and but aimed at that one now louis the 14th slick dogs and ponies is i have no idea who that is or what that is okay oh, right you God. you do not need to hear that record <laughs> no you do I, not i, I will trust your judgment and not listen to no, it you, don't. you do not need to hit now that album i mean i think the theory of dead man album is bitter redneck prick gets pits talk shit about his ex-wife right in quite a nasty way over some really boring but competently created american radio hard rock Louis XIV's Slick Dogs and Ponies is messy, horrible garage rock with some, like we said at the time, some really disgusting, sexually aggressive, sexually explicit and nasty sounding stuff on it. Really grotty. You think about the kind of bedroom, what was it, the the the, the campus night stalker thing on that album, going into like college girls rooms and you know and although i think there's some horrible there's some pretty like as we've just discussed some pretty like dodgy shit on the megadeth album i don't think there's anything quite as um just obviously reprehensible as that particularly that song the kind of no. the, the campus stalker Definitely that i mean not. that song is fucking gross yeah. on that record yeah um 
the theory of the dead man one is nasty but i think it's about it's a different type of thing but i mean some of the shit here on super collider when it's not just badly done and embarrassing like you mentioned the kind of the really like infowar cringy like old man political opinions the you know the kind of super christian like that kind of oh why are you being such a horrible cliche of like especially coming from someone like dave mustaine who you used to think was you know at the very least like maybe not the most well maybe the most rational person around but at least a kind of somebody who broadly you would think wouldn't kind of just take you know take the shit of the status quo or whatever mm. in the 80s like, mm. i'm not saying dave mustaine was you know ever ian mckay or henry <laughs> rollins or do you know what i mean i'm not or jello biafra but at the same time i never thought he was like a, a horrible person yeah but then on this album he's kind of morphed into like that guy was saying this kind of like obama's not american and oh god and there's a there's a bit of that on here that i'm like oh it's just sad to hear that and i actually think musically if we're judging it as american radio rock which the majority of it is that kind of shit pearl jam even theory of a dead man's shit version of nickelback has got to be better than i think is probably better than megadeth's shit version of slang era def leopard uh, uh, it's very very well argued um you've definitely charmed me up to a point um where i definitely think we should put it higher than i was suggesting um i, I think the only thing i'm going to counter with is maybe so the last sentence that you just said there slightly makes this a difficult thing to say but um i i feel like the theory of a dead man rhetoric that is thrown out on there is 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 overall more troubling than the megadeth stuff a lot of the megadeth stuff is old man shakes um you know fist at cloud but Mm. in the grand scheme of things not all of it to be super clear but in the grand scheme of things the majority of it is not um dangerous not attacking yes yeah it's not aggressive yes yes i don't i don't and and, and not dangerous i I, i'm not it's not like homophobic rhetoric is dangerous but you know um and it's quite nefarious is that as well like you and i didn't even pick up on it well and tom and tom did quite so i think actually there's a kind of at least theory of a dead man are almost like i'm not being like oh well done theory of a dead man you're too stupid to realize you're being unbelievably (laughs) offensive yeah but like but like you could you can't miss it on that theory no you cannot whereas misogyny whereas maybe that kind of like underhand sort of nefarious way that people kind of justify their quite sort of grotty views for you know in under the prism of like freedom of speech or whatever Mm. is often pretty gross which which, just to counter myself yet again which is arguably more dangerous but i would also say it it's easier to listen to because that's not being shoved in your face if that makes sense for for me anyway and but and, and as well like what I, the other thing i would say why i still think theory of the dead man is, I, I do actually think fear of a dead man do this better than megadeth do it I, I well i do think that's true which is the the slight 
difficulty with my argument but i still feel like if you if to be honest with you if you said to me you have to listen to either theory of a dead man or super collider again which would you rather listen to i probably would plump super collider personally <laughs> it's be a bit like, of a fucking horrible like, day Pav, the I mean, Pavlov, this... pavlovian response to like just knowing <laughs> you're like gonna listen to megadeth that is like a choice between what would you rather do find you know cough up blood or throw up blood. <laughs> oh it's, it's which absolutely... is more which is is your preference of those two horrific experiences it's absolutely a sophie's choice but yeah that's yeah. what that's mate what i don't be. know i don't know what you're coughing up when you're listening to little zan or fucking blood on the dance floor mate <laughs> Fucking hell. Like a, a lung. Or something. An entire yeah. lung. Yeah. You stick broken side on, you'll be like coughing up My entire like body, Nazi yeah. corpses. Well, no, that's, <laughs> that, that's John Hurt in, the, in Alien, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's like you're not coughing it, it's eating its way out of your chest cavity. I think I got, uh, just like went on my nose and Satan came out. Um, okay, well... Yeah, okay. Do you know what? I will plump for that because I think... Yeah, the, I think that's the, fair. The explicit nature of uh, Theory of a Dead Man is, yeah, I guess... And obviously, you know, we kind of want to try and give Megadeth a little bit of a pass, although it is very, very difficult with this record because... I think... I, blood, it, it, I, it, bloody hell. You're putting it in there already, but just to say also the boneheadedness of the Theory of a Dead Man record, you made the point that you don't think they even realise that they're being offensive. I think Dave mm. Mustaine, I don't think he's written clever lyrics on this record, but I don't think he's a not clever person, if that makes sense. He's yeah. very poorly informed. He's not stupid. Uh, that's yeah. probably accurate. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, exactly. Anything else you'd like to add, Tom, as I pick a new album out of the hat? Uh, I'm just, to be honest, I'm just very glad it, it isn't ranked to be worse than the six feet under record because <laughs> that no, I, it's, I, no, it's not six not feet under are just ru- uh, my running joke that you know they are just the unforgivable <laughs> band there's no reason for them to exist no there really isn't is there no no there's one Absolutely good record none. they have one good record and then they immediately followed it up with one of their worst mm. fucking yeah. hell that must be bad um Renfrey, i've just picked next week's album out of the hat and I have to say, we are on a rich vein of form here, my friends. <laughs> because next week, we are going to be talking about... I can't believe I'm so happy. We are going to be talking about Hard to Swallow by Vanilla Ice. <gasps> oh, dun, 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 my dun, 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 dun. God. Yes. No, that is Vanilla Ice's Ross Robinson-produced rap metal album. <laughs> so, Tom, we'll see you back here next week. Then, <laughs> I have never heard it. So no, I haven't either. Neither have I. Oh, God. Wow, That's, that does sound like one of the worst ideas I've ever heard, though, including oh, oh. making risk for a second time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're welcome back next week if you want. No, it's up to you. <laughs> oh, you got to listen to Vanilla Ice. Though. Yeah, can I? Oh, we don't ask much. <laughs> yeah, okay, sure, Well, look, hey, um, uh, when uh, when um, Virtual Eleven comes out of the hat, Tom, I'm sure we'll we'll see you back here again. Absolutely. Um, but oh. thanks very much for coming on, mate. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> thank you for having. me. I'll need your actually, support for Virtual Eleven because yeah, you Steve, probably Steve will, will like. I mean, spoiler: fucking dreadful album, probably Maiden's worst album. But um, oh, definitely Maiden's mm, worst mm, album. Yeah, but Steve, right, lads, don't spoil it. <laughs> but Steve is just going to go in on Maiden so hard, so I'm going to need some support for that. But to be honest, you could bring in you know uh, 
what's the seventh son of a seventh son or power slave and still steve would still going on maiden so you know yeah silly boy but thank you very much for having me it's it's been an absolute horrible experience listen to megadeth <laughs> but it's been very nice to give them a kicking with you you're super welcome um steve is currently going through his vinyl shelves to pick out his iron maiden vinyl and go actually i quite like some of their albums their best uh, do albums you know what? Their he's, he's gonna like the debut isn't <laughs> yes, he? he's yes, gonna yes. say the debut is brilliant and hate <laughs> He, he says the debut's their yes. best album. I think the it debut's is. a great record, but their it best is a great album. record. No, 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 no. I tell you what, though, there is nothing like seeing Running Free live. Yeah, like just yeah. to finish. Like I've never seen a band. Oh, it's got power slave. So fuck you. Oh. oh, which PR sent you that? <laughs> I bought that. I bought that. <laughs> bought that with my own money. I do have this as well. Second hand. That's the. First, this is that's not. The first this album. is not. This is not. This is not good. Um, no. This is not good. Uh, audio no, content no, me like showing tom what records i've got <laughs> uh i'll get my copy of the unforgettable fire out in a minute when we finish tom, you know, you know look at that so you can see what a decent album looks like anyway thanks very much for coming on mate i much appreciated thank you very much everyone for listening we'll be back next week um uh, where we will be uh stop collaborating and listen to vanilla ice <laughs> yes yes absolutely thank you